morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the guys at exoticlimo.com.au. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is Beretta. G'day, Corey. It is good to be back for another Supercoach Elites podcast. We do have the third member of the team here, as usual. Welcome to the Bombs Express. Choo-choo! That's right, Brett, mate. The Bombs Express is back, and today we are reviewing the midfield. Well, not reviewing. We're having a look at our first look at the midfielders uh, for this season, so we'll go through um, that. I'm sure there's plenty to talk about. But before we get stuck into it, Corey, where can the listeners hit us up on social media? On, us on Twitter, at SC Elite, on Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, at Supercoach Elites, and as always, www.supercoachelites.com where you'll find all our pre-season articles that uh, we've had a full week of now, which are really good. Um, chuck on, they've got the forums going off, the team pickers. Uh, mine was released last week, I think. I dropped it on the, both the forums and Facebook, um, where I assume that most people just looked at the photos and based their comments that way rather than reading what I'd written in there. But um, if you want a good laugh, go have a look at my team. That seemed to make the rest of the community chuckle. So, yeah. Much that's up until there. the point they see Brett's team, then they're probably in hysterics. Anything from you, Brett? That's just hurt. it's just hurtful <laughs> and unnecessary. <laughs> oh, wait, good. But yes, Bonce was right. Today we'll be covering the midfielders. Some tragic news last week about Tom Mitchell um, breaking his legs. So, I mean, that takes that one out of it. Um, were you, were you going to, both of you, before we even get into it, was Tom Mitchell a non-negotiable for you guys before the season even began? Yeah. Yeah, M1, for sure. Bombs? Yeah. Yeah, there was no chance you could start with that. Mitchell, you know, like when you pick your preseason team and you, you like you see a player and you're like, yeah, I can see myself at some point trading him in and out. When you saw Tom Mitchell's name, you just knew at Click. any stage of the preseason it was never going to be the minus button pressed on his name. Hmm. Poor bugger. But we must go on. The show still does go on. So let's have a look at the highest price player now. It's uh, Bredder's boy, Jack McRae, 689700 Brett, did you think this time last year that Jack McRae would be the second highest price midfielder coming into 2019? Uh, yes, because I said it every single week. I'm pretty sure I didn't know, boys. And what happened when you used to talk Jack McRae out last year? Um, Bombs would cut me off and then go and talk about Marcus Bonson Pally for about 45 <laughs> minutes, and I'd get told to get back in me box. So, yeah, I don't know, Corey. It's nice to see him up there with a big price tag. I like it. He deserves it. He deserves it. And he's a superstar. Did you start with him last year, brother? Don't really want to talk about that, Corey. If we can just move on to the next midfielder, that'd be nice. He doesn't know where to. He doesn't know how to put his selections where his mouth is. That's the problem with Brett. Yeah. So, Titch has gone down. Jack McRae was a ball magnet last year. Average 127, just 2.1 points behind Tom Mitchell. Obviously, played the three games less. Is there any way that either of you can have a look at Jackson McRae now? The fact that he is the number one, um, you know ranked averaging player last year in that midfield that we currently have available, or is his price just too much, Bombs? Uh, price far too much, and when you're sitting at that price, you're priced at, what, about 127, to, uh, you're priced at that average. Um, I, I can't see him repeating um, the feat of last year, so for me, it's a, it's a no. Um, happy to kind of uh, buy him later in the year if he still manages to average 120 somehow, but um, for me, no, it's a, it's a firm no. What do I? This is kind of like my thoughts on kind of like the whole top ten situation here, is that the top ten guys who start the season at these prices are not going to be the top ten guys for the year. 
And for me, uh, Jackson McRae doesn't fit into the top eight mids at this stage. You don't think he'll be a top eight mid at the end of the year? No. no that's fair enough. Um, one of the few that's actually locked into that Bulldogs midfield. Bretta, what are your thoughts on your boy McRae? Uh, the price is too high. I think he'll push top eight. Um, I think he'll... I, I don't know. I think he'd probably be better... Or what's it called? He'd be more likely to make the top eight than not. Um, but that price is just too high. And I think it's going to be a year of... Um, looking for value at the top end let alone not just picking the the top guys like we do most years just because it is a little bit different up top this year it's not what we expected it to be Bonts um, where do you expect to see McRae average wise what do you what's your average what do you think McRae will average come the end of the season uh, look I'll give him a, yeah I'll give him around that kind of 112 to 115 kind of area which will certainly put him in um, calculations for top 8 but that 127. Um, we saw a fair few big games within that too. Just can't see that repeating itself um, again, put simply. Um, but he has been a consistent player. His last five years, he's averaged um, 199.5, 93.9, 107, and then 127 last year. So you can kind of lock yourself in for 100 plus, I think. But I just don't think it's going to be a big one like we saw last year. I think last year was the first you'd be seeing him almost just eat full midfield minutes. Is Libba coming back and affect that, brother? Uh, not sure because we don't know what Liverpool we're going to get. Um, he's a bit all over the place every single year. Could easily get hurt again. But I guess with Libba, you can't play him anywhere but the midfield. So he could eat into a little bit of that uh, um, stoppage clearance numbers that McRae gets. I don't think he's going to take minutes off McRae. But um, I guess if McRae won the ball five times a game, maybe Libba wins it one or two of those times. But um, I still think McRae is a very, very safe option, a very good option. I just simply think he's a little bit overpriced. If you go yeah. into the season with him, are you going to be in a very low... He's going to be a unique. What do you think his ownership's going to be at? Under 10, under five, probably around 5%. I think it's going to be more than that. So I reckon yeah, it's going to be less. Yeah, I think Mitchell out, people are just going to go to McRae. I don't think people would have bought both Mitchell and McRae but I, I think you're going to see a whole lot of teams jumping on it. And just be too scared. Where I think a lot of people were very yeah. confident that Mitchell could back it up. Yeah, because they'll just they'll they'll go through players. the names and they'll see Dangerfield or Dusty or someone. They'd rather pick him than McRae. McRae's not that household dominant name has been for a few years. If that makes sense. Uh, I'm expecting him to be kind of like twelve to fifteen percent selected. I think it's going to be big. Mm. I reckon under five. So this will be very interesting. Um, yeah, we're not going to speak about Dangerfield because he'll get into the forward podcast because I t- can't see... You'd have to be crazy to just be starting in the midfield. Um, so not necessarily. Um, Depends on your forward rookies. You might have a lot of forward rookies so you can kind of... And not many mid-rookies. That's kind of like... That makes sense. But, I mean, if you're talking about Primo, you'll sit at forward make, one for the year. Yeah, does that make any sense? Well, if you've got only forward-only options that are getting selected around one in terms of rookies and you're kind of loading up a few more players in your forward line, and there's no midfield options at all in terms of rookies, then you may use one of your forward line players in your midfield block, don't you feel? You know, what's that, what's that movie with Adam Sandler where they like, you get the guy goes on that rant about nothing you said made any sense, I award you zero four. That's like, I think we should just play that right now for what Bonford just said. I would, Bob, yeah, just, just to elaborate on that, what I would do in that instance, I would start Dangerfield up forward, I would cut my other premium forward, and I would play with still the extra premium midfielder, rather than put Dangerfield in the midfield. Agreed. I'm going to start the year with Dangerfield in the midfield. Because there, there is no way that... Bet. <laughs> Bet, Bond. Go. 
You won't. I'm starting him in the midfield this year. Yeah, true. Yeah, no, happening, but yeah, he's... Oh, well, we, we, better, we better not talk about him in the forward podcast, then. Maybe we should talk about him now. What do you reckon? <laughs> oh, no. I think he's relevant, any. We can maybe talk about Danger Jordan oh. defender podcast, too. This guy makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to Patrick Cripps. Bombs, you can lead the way. What a season he had last year. Absolutely exploded onto the scene. I think he scored, what was the stat? 97% of Carlton Supercoach points last year, Brett. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just about. Yeah, that may be factually incorrect, but feel free to do your own research. Uh, Bombs, what kind of year are you expecting from Cripps? Finish the season at 595k. I heard a couple of people last week saying that... Um, Almost along the lines that you can't pick him because he was priced a lot cheaper last year and isn't going to do it again this year, which is the most gone almost as like, ridiculous as Bonfer's statement just yeah, before. Um, but yeah, yeah Paddy Cripps this year. What, what's your thoughts? No, I don't think... I think it's going to be incredibly hard not to start with him. Um, low score of 54 where he was banged up in that Sydney game. Remember he came out yep. and his quad was all bandaged and all that sort of thing. But, you know, you put that aside... And then he's got a low score of 92 um, for the year. And we all saw what his ceiling was. He, he scored 187 um, in round 14 last year. His scores are just huge. It was a ton pretty much every other week. He was a BC option. He was a C option um, in every other game. Um, he averaged 119.4. Um, I'd expect him to kind of match that um, this year. I don't see any kind of um, difference being made to... Well, I guess the Carlton midfield. I mean, they're all still all the players that have come in are still all young. So he's going to shoulder it all for the entire year. Will he spend more time forward? Who the hell knows? That was a talk last year, and, and he came out and done this anyways. So um, I think the impressive thing about Cripps, though, and this is what I like uh, about him compared to some of the other midfielders, his ability to take contested marks around the ground just because he is nearly two metres tall um, really gives him another avenue for points. So if he's not dominating by you know with the contested possessions and the number of balls. Um, or the number of possessions, you know, that's kind of a bit weird, that he gets. He's got the ability to kind of, you know, get chunks of five, six, seven points through those contested marks at various points throughout the game. Yeah, and not the fact that he's just two metres tall as well, and the fact that he's built like the size of a brick shit house, that probably helps too. Anyone see the mm. photo of his first day back at training the other day? Yeah, huge. <laughs> Absolute monster. This guy is a um, And when you think about it, when you think about it, he had three games in his debut year where he averaged 39. And in his second year of footy, he averaged 96. Then he went 107, went down to 97, and then back up to 119 last year. So apart from his apart from his first, he's taken his first three games out of it, and he hasn't averaged less than 96 points in a season, which is absolutely incredible. It was my first pick um, for my midfield this year. I can't really comprehend how I'm going to go into the season without him. Um, yeah, was my second. Yeah, I think he is going to absolutely explode. I think he's going to better his average than last year. So, um, Cripps is an absolute lock for me. Uh, Bretta? I like Patrick Cripps. I think he finishes top five. And, yeah, I think you pretty much just got to pick him, even though he's a little more pricey than some of the other guys. That's where your, your value for money doesn't really matter because he is so good and the ceiling's so high. Yeah, captain of the club as well now. I just... I just don't. Do you get extra points for that? No, but I just don't see how this. Uh, I just don't see how this ends badly, Breda. Unless, he, unless he gets injured. I mean, he's going to be on field. He's going to want to carry this team more so than ever now. Um, that he's, you know, the official captain. So I don't see his performance kind of going backwards. I see it kind of excelling. 
Um, it's just a matter of whether he can stay injury-free because obviously the body of work he put in last year will obviously repeat itself this year and potentially that means he can again. That was an absolute zinger, Brett. <laughs> Sorry, Bombs. I've uh, just needed the attack bomb for the kind of mood, you know, so... I'll just ignore you because your comments are irrelevant. Like but you're talking to me, so you're not ignoring me, and you're the one bringing up irrelevant things like he's captain, so he's going to be good at super coach this year. It makes no well, sense. Well, I think it makes a difference. Yes, I think it does make a difference. But some players get their captaincy, and it's just too much, man. He focuses on his teammates, and if he's trying to get his teammates involved, he's not involved, he gets less points. So he can go the other way. He's all there. He hasn't, he hasn't got teammates. Yet. Yeah, Carlton is shit. He's got no teammates. I wouldn't worry about that. He's an animal, and he's uh, locked for my team. Uh, What's the guess? What's the average? What's the average? I reckon What's 125. Yeah, I'd yeah. put him 124. I'll go 121. Yeah, I'm expecting big things out of him. He'll probably stink it up and go back to 90s. Let's face it. We'll be yeah, I hope so. Imagine how bad Carlton will be. If Paddy Cruz had just 90 super coaches here, it would be hilarious. <laughs> Ugh, icky, icky. Uh, our next man that we're going to talk about is the one and only Clayton Oliver. He's a great guy. Um, real real top-class <laughs> lad. Um, loves a photo at Crown Casino. So, <laughs> shout out to Clary. Uh, one of my favourites. I don't have him in my team at the moment. I don't think I will start him. I think he's priced right where he should be priced. Um, but he's one that... I think I'll take a little bit more of a look at. There's a lot of good players at Melbourne. Um, yeah, Clary, 114.7 average last year. Played all 22. Has a little bit of that white line fever about him. We'll start with you, Brett. What's your thoughts on Clayton Oliver this year? Absolutely love Clayton Oliver. Um, I think he's probably going to be the most consistent midfielder all year because, you know, he just gets the same stats and does the same things pretty much every week. He's still so young, and he's putting up insane numbers, some of the best we've ever seen for a person that age. Kind of like Cripps, probably just going to keep increasing and getting better, and at least for the next couple of years. I'm pretty sure I'll be picking Clayton Oliver at the start of the season, and I'll be insanely confident doing it. Do you have him at the moment, Britt? Yes, I do. Yeah, cool. yeah same me. I've got him too. I think 620, again, like Corey said before, it's kind of that right price um, to pay for him, and I, he is he's incredible because what he's done in his first three years of football is probably actually been better than Cripps, to, to be fair. Um, in terms of Supercoach, two years back, he went 111 last year, 114, and I'd expect that to go up towards 120 this year now. Um, 22 games, again, in the last two years. Um, so he hasn't missed a game in over two years now. So I'm, I, I like everything about Clayton, to be honest. Are we worried, and I'll be stuck. Are we worried now that... I mean, it's almost an inaccurate state, statement, but he is that kind of heavy body in that midfield. He's going to take a lot of impact. He's in and under, grabs a ball out, handballs it out. Are we worried about the impact of potential injury? I know he hasn't missed he, a game. And it's no. kind of a weird thing he ball. played hurt last year. He, his shoulders yeah. were banged up last year, and he played And his he finger, too. He done, yeah. his, he done his, was it his finger or his thumb or something like that? Yeah. And that so, impacted it's good him to over see a that. period. Yeah. So um, much Michael Voss about this kid. Yeah, no. yeah, there's it's nothing to not like about him. Um, they they tried to push him forward and get him kicking a few more goals last year, which in fairness he did. He kicked 11, I think, only the year before. He only kicked two or something like that um, as well. So, I mean, obviously that's that's been an improvement on his game. And he averaged, it was nearly three more kicks a game last year as well, which is maybe why we saw you know a three-point increase in his average. And I think they're going to try to continue to trend him that way. Um, the Ds have also got Viney back um, now full-time. Um which is obviously important, and, and Clary's numbers weren't affected when um, Viney came back at the back end of last year too. Um, so, 
uh, yeah, there's no dislikes um, in terms of Clayton Oliver we'd, for me. We'd have to assume that Melbourne are going to be up on the up as well. So, oh yeah, I'd, I'd really love Melbourne as a team. So, all right, you said um, 120 average, Bretta. Uh, probably yeah, flat 120. They're just consistent hundreds every week. Like you'll probably have the most hundreds out of everybody. Yep, and we have 118, 118 for Clary this year. I think I think he'll uh, continue to do it. Um, but yeah, anything else to add on the boy? No. Okay, we'll move on to uh, Natalia Fife from the Freo Dockers, who has full reign of that midfield now. We're looking he'll go on to the Lions. 618,000. Some stats to have a look at here. 113.9 average. That disappointing number that always comes up next to Nat Fife's name. You know, 15 matches played. He always seems to be hurt, always seems to be missing. I got a lot of stick for revealing my team the other day, not having Nat Fife in there. I'm a big advocate for Fife. He's been in and out. Um, he did get in my honourable mentions, but clearly no one even decided to read my write-up, so I was probably just wasting my time anyway. Um, Nat Fife, what are we expecting from him this year without Lockie Neal, Brett? Um, if he stays healthy, he'll be one of the highest-scoring Supercoach players, but that if is a lot bigger than with the other players that we bring it up with. I think I don't have him at the moment, and I know he seems like such an obvious pick, but it's scary starting the season with him just because you're pretty sure he's going to miss games. I'm going to start my season with... I'm going to try and stick to the rule of pick guys I think are going to finish in the top eight and play 22 games. That's how I tried to base it last year. It worked out. Um, and then I'll take one risk, one big risk in the midfield, and that might be five. It's not a super big risk, but... Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much the only spot in my team where he fits in is that last little risk at a high price. In his career, I'm not going to ask you, Bonds, because I know you'll have probably have it open. In his career, how many times do you think he's played over 20 games? Mind you, he's played eight uh, seasons prior to this. I'll, I'll guess three. Have you got it open, Bonds? No, oh, well, yeah, I, I did some yeah. five research today, so... Two. Yeah. He's played over. Yeah, two, he's played over twenty games two times in eight years, and neither yeah, of them were a full that. season. Yeah. I don't think. Like, um, incredible. Yeah, it's it, it is incredible. But just going back to Bretta, so you know Bretta's kind of logic. Um, let, let's think about this, where he said, you know, he's not going to play twenty two games. So you, you're kind of not going to start the season with him, right? But you have a look at it, and last year Fife played the first. 12 rounds. Well, round 12 was a bye, but he played yeah, round 13. Yeah. So he played the he played the first... Oh, no, sorry. He played the first... Um, round 12 was in the bye. Round 14 was... He played the first 11 games last year. So if, if you're not um, kind of starting with him, by the time it gets to round 6, 7, 8, and he's kind of pumping out these, you know, big numbers of 140-plus every second, third week, and you're falling behind the eight ball, at some point in that first part of the season, you're going to be like, shit, I need to bring in five relatively quickly. And then all of a sudden, you've missed out on his first kind of seven or eight, nine scores. And then a few weeks later, he's gone and got injured. So I think you kind of, you, you know what you're going to get kind of with Fife. You know you're going to miss four, you know, maybe four games in a season, something like that. I would not try and predict where the four games are going to end, but I'd rather start with him and get every kind of score he outputs um, rather than trying to bring him in at some point 
after an injury or, or something like that. Because we've seen it before with Fife. He's gone down twice in a season. So you might bring him back after he kind of gets the first injury and then you're kind of then you're kind of stuck with him for his second injury and you've missed out on all the points prior to his first injury. The way, the way I sort of justify that, though, is I don't think the gap is so big as it was, you know, probably Fife's Brownlow year between Fife and, you know, the other guys that I feel are going to be consistent, like Clayton Oliver. Like, I'd much rather pick Clayton Oliver this year just because I think he's going to play every game. I know there's freak injuries that happen. Like, look at Tom Mitchell. Who would have thought that could possibly happen? But I think picking someone around that price, like the three names that come to mind for me around that sort of area, Cripps, Clayton Oliver, Josh Kelly. I don't think I'm missing any, like anything big on five if I take those three instead. That was my philosophy as well. I just got a question here. He won the Brown in what 2015? Mm. Yeah, man, he missed a couple of games then too. Since that yeah. year, since he won the Brown though, the Brown though, obviously he broke the leg, so he only played five games that year. Averages of 105.4, 108.8, 113.9. They're not disappointing numbers by any extent of the imagination. Of course, we take those injury-affected games in there, but I still think there are better options at that price rather than five. Agreed. But in saying that, I'll definitely have a look at him. It's just whether I'm going to break the bank and go those net the tier below players up to a premium. If that's the case, I definitely will. Um, but right now, I just see players like yeah, Cripper and Kelly. I think that next super coach line, you know, the, the the next tier that are coming through that you need to have a look at almost. Um, and yeah, I got no issue with five. Do you have him in your team at the moment, Bob? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yep, I've had him in and out. Where's he sitting? M three. M three. Yeah. He he was he was kind of M four though, um, or before Titchell got injured. But yeah. Titchell's had to obviously make way for someone. Um, but I just I just feel like he is still the best player in the competition when he's up and going, and I think we're going to see that again this year. Um, uh, when I say those, when I say that, I mean we're going to see him return to kind of yeah. being the best player in the competition this year. Um, and maybe I'm a little bit biased because I had a bit of sneaky money on him prior to Tom Mitchell getting injured for the Brownlow medal, but please remember responsibly. One of, the, one of the other things we do try and always say, you can't predict injury. You can't. But you, there is, you can't. There is, history, yeah. there is a history of it there too. So, yeah. um, like, he's been in and out of my team constantly. Whenever I have a tinker, I always have Nat Fife in there. I don't currently do you have him at the moment. Do you feel more comfortable when he's sitting in or when he's sitting I out? Think, I think I feel less scared when he's... When he's out, of that, you know, those points that could definitely go um, beckoning of how wrong I could get it if I don't start with that five and he comes out and explodes. But, I mean, we'll get on to a couple of the guys next that I, I do have him ahead of. I, I've got Lockie Neal sitting in my team at the moment, and I'm expecting huge things from Lockie Neal this year. Um, and it kind, of, it kind of reminds me of that year where Tom Mitchell went to Hawthorne and I wanted to pick Titch, and how easily I got talked out of it because it, by you, brother. Adam um, Trelaw, quite because, a guy. Yeah, because <laughs> a, a new player had gone to a new club, and we couldn't expect these kind of things. So I, I, I'm worried that I am going to just start with Fife because it's, you know, the thing that everyone's saying to do, and it's the safe option. Um, <coughs> yeah, I, look, I think he'll have a good year. I think he's an outstanding player. I'm worried that he's not. I don't. Th- I don't know if he'll ever return to that Brownlow year form, though. Mm. Breda. 
Yeah, well, I don't have Fife at the moment, and I'm willing to play the the long waiting game. Are we on to Neil yet, or are we sticking with? Not yet. We'll, sort go, of in order. Yeah. we'll go in order. So, um, Josh Kelly, uh, 617, 800, um, had that huge score last year. What was it 205? Yeah, something cool. crazy. Yeah, incredible bumps. I would have thought that you just freaking pop out with it, but okay. Well, that's Bonfa. Yeah, it was, it was just bringing me flashbacks because it was against Carlton. Who won? I think that's when they won with about 14 blades on the field. Oh, yeah. that's right. 205. What a game. Wow. Round 20. So towards the back end of the season too. Good time to have him follow that with an 82. <laughs> missing the game 82 again. Obviously did miss a fair few games last year. Um, you know, kind of wrapped, wrapped in cotton wool. But Dylan Shields gone now. Um, a lot of people are talking about how that's going to affect him, whether it's going to be positively or negative. Um, I don't think it's going to make an impact at all. The guy is a freak and one of those ones that I expect to go to the next level and definitely challenge for the number one spot come season's end. Um, I'm huge on Josh Kelly. Again, as soon as I picked Kribar, he was my next pick after that. Um, I don't think there'd be a way I'd probably start the season without him um, unless injury or something happened. But averaged 113.8 last year. There was a couple of disappointing games, but we know he wasn't right for the season. Um, and if I advocated to hold him during that spell where we thought, oh, yeah, Josh Kelly, one more week, Josh Kelly, one more week, Josh Kelly, one more week... Um, yeah, so if you think I'm not going to start with him after advocating for that for so long, then you're kidding yourself, Bombs. Yeah, the thing is, honestly, that 205 games obviously impacted his, his average, which has impacted his starting price here. I think he's probably about 40000 too much um, than what we should be paying him to kind of start this year on. But 617 is not an extraordinary, extraordinary price to, uh, to pay for Josh Kelly. I think it's a fair price to pay. Um, but I mean, I just I just feel that two hundred five just kind of weighted that price, and we should should have paid honestly about five eighty this year. Due to injury, or due to form, or due to what? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously due to when he was injured, and he, he's had a fair few scores of sub hundred. But you have a look at his scores that are over a hundred, and they're what, kind of quite big tons. And I think that just kind of it, it just kind of skews things a little bit. So I'd like to see a little bit more consistency from him rather than that um, erratic type scoring. Um, yeah, I just feel like it's it's about forty thousand dollars too much than what I'd like to pay for him. But in saying that, I'm happy to pay six seventeen. Have you got him? I do. Yeah. Yeah, Brenner? Yeah, I've got him. Absolutely. He's an absolute. Oh, he's a gun, and I think you should pick him. I don't really think you should look. Um, you know, too deeply into it because, like you said, Shields gone. The midfield minutes are probably going to be more his. He's already on the rise to being a top three player in the competition. Um, does everything well. Gets plenty of ball. Kicks goals. Insanely high ceiling. Just, I think it's a no-brainer to be honest. When's he contracted to the end of this year, isn't he? Yeah. We worry. He's out at the end of this. Oh, here we go. Here goes Corey again. It's in his brain when he's delivering the ball sixty meters with his left boot. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, if I make this kick, I'm going to an extra four. <laughs> hey, you just got to ask the question. It does what affected Dusty, didn't he? Dusty had an insane year when he was out of contract, and he, done, he didn't have that much of an impact last year. Maybe he, need, maybe he should have only done a one-year deal, Dusty. Yeah, that's all right, Josh Kelly. Could be his year. He's got a contract coming up. 
Got to live up to it. Um, Lockie Neal, boys, 607,300, an average of 111.9. Played all 22, always plays all 22. He's just so resilient when it comes to that factor. At a new club, before I go on a rant, uh, Bretta, what do you think of Lockie Neal this year? Uh, like you said, seems to play every game every year, gets plenty of ball, but the whole moving to a new club scares me. I know you said that thing about Titch where he went from Sydney to Hawthorne. I kind of feel like Lockie Neal's done the opposite move, if that makes sense, where um, Titch went from a crowded midfield into a pretty average one and is now the number one guy. I think Lockie Neal is going to be surrounded by guys who are really good. That Brisbane midfield's pretty good. Um, I know they're not exactly, you know, killing it at the moment, but they've got a few guys in there that are really, really solid. There's more ball Ooh. to be spread around. Well, Sorko, McCluggy just coming out right now. Like, they've got players they are going to be throwing through yeah, there where Hawthorne have... Mm. Yeah, but you look at Hawthorne's midfield, it's like when Titch went there, it was literally Titch and uh, James Warple and uh, runners like Isaac Smith and stuff. Like, there's no other ball winners. And Lockie Neal was the same at Frio. Like, who's the ball winners at Frio? Fife is Five. in and out of the side. Five. Yeah, but that's it. That's it. Mundy played forward. Yeah, but Mundy didn't play forward for the last four years when Neil was good as well. Yeah, but the thing is, like the thing is, like Lockie Neil is going into like a crowded midfield, and you you got to be scared. Like I don't like having little sort of underlying things where it might cause effect. Because if you run Lockie Neal and he drops from being a what was he was he he was top eight last year, yeah, seventh or something. Yep. Yeah, if he drops from that to like maybe twelfth or thirteenth, all of a sudden he's dragging your team down. I'd rather pick someone who I'm a lot more sold on. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not so, I'm not sold on the selection at the start of the year, but I think there's a difference here that's going to make uh, an impact to his super coach. I mean, this is an this is a guy who just accumulates ball, so I think it's fair to assume that no matter what club he kind of plays in, he's got he's going to have the ability to accumulate ball. So that's that's not a concern for me. Um, I think the positive here is he's going to a team that's going to score a lot more freely than Frio did which means a bloke who's touching the ball more often is going to have more score involvements, which is going to translate to more super, super coach points. So I like that whole aspect of the of the transition to Brisbane. Um, I just have a lot more confidence in the players we've just spoken about than I do in Lockie Neal to kind of start my season with. The other thing that I think is going to help too is the fact that when he played at Frio, you couldn't tag Neil, you couldn't tag Fife, but you had to go to someone. You were going to one of them. He's just going to Brisbane can't tag Neil, but you know who you can tag? You can tag Zorko. Dane Zorko. Yeah. Zorko, yeah. Which means the tag every single week is going to Dane Zorko because it's been proven before that he cannot play through a tag. I mean, those who started with him last season were super frustrated. So I think we know we're going to get a... Teams aren't going to go to Lockie Neal because he's just going to... He's going to accumulate ball. He could potentially... I don't, uh, look, that's probably going way way too far. I was going to say, he could potentially break uh, Tom Mitchell's um, possession record. Um, this is a man that I think will eat ball, will be the number one averaging um, possessions per game player by the season's end. I am putting huge wraps of Lockie Neal. I'm expecting that average to push up between 120 and 125 at his new club this year. And I really hope that I can put my money where my mouth is and go mm-hmm. into the season with Lockie Neal and don't get too scared out of it. I, yeah. I think he's going to have a huge year. What do you boys think he's going to average, Bombs? I'll put him kind of at the, at the upper end at 115. Brother? Say 110. But the thing is, he could. it's going to impact him. We just don't know if it's going to be positive or negative. So, yeah. 
I think it's either a hundred. Yeah, it's like I say one ten, but I think it's either going to be like one hundred five or one twenty. I don't think it's going to be anything in between. But yeah. They were yeah. averaging players last year. We're not going to keep going through absolutely everybody. Um, no. Uh, any other Value. boys, boys, interest anyone before we go? We got what? Trelaw, Pendlebury, Sidebottom, Adams, uh, Dane Beams now. What a midfield. Is there anything that kind of pops up there? Is the Goey Ford mid? Uh, well, yeah, but you're not, uh, you want to start to go in the midfield as well, do you, Bonfa? Uh, well, I mean, it's an option. I mean, you, you've got that as a possibility, certainly. <sighs> Yeah. We're starting Dangerfield in the midfield. I'm probably starting to go to, in the midfield as well. If you had to pick one, if you had to pick one out of that, that five right now, we're not going to hold you to it. Who'd you pick, Brett? Out of the which five? The Collingwood, Trelaw. Yeah. Bombs? Uh, beams. I think mine would be Beams too. I love Trelaw though, but I think mine would be Beams. What about the Geelong boys? Um, what have we got? Ablett, Duncan, Salwood. Uh, they're probably the big three in the midfield there. You were massive on. Um, we're not talking about Dangerfield till next week. <laughs> <laughs> you were massive on Ablett last year, Bombs. What do you think of him this year? Nah, uh, I'm done with Ablett. He can he can just sit out to <laughs> to patch them out. Maybe. Um, if I had to pick one of the Geelong guys, I'd be picking uh, Duncan. I think. Breda? Yeah, so would I. I like I Duncan, but I don't think he's top eight. Mine would be Scott Salwood too, not Joel. Yeah, guy lays tackles, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll never forget when I trade him in. Um, is Gaff being kind of forgotten because of the um, end of the season form? Yeah, for absolutely re laying Brayshaw's jaw and across the. Well, he's not missing the first six. He's missing three, isn't he? So he missed three finals. Finals. Back games of, yeah, so that's. Really? What do you have? How many game suspension? Is he still serving his suspension? Jesus. Yeah, for a while, bro. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well, obviously, that's why you're not starting him. So, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, I completely forgot about that. What, what round did he smack him? Because he smacked him late, didn't he? 22. I feel that's like right. What would you say? 22? 22. Yeah. And what yeah, week? Really how many weeks suspension was it? Seven. Okay. So, he's missed round 20. He smacked him in round 22. I you, think he smacked sure? him in round... I'm, I'm not too sure. Don't quote me. That was just a bit of a guess. That was a little late here. Um, yeah, I want to have a quick look up. Just talk about something else while I have a look at it. Elliot Yo, brother? No, I'm not touching him. 107.9 average. Why? Why? Yeah. I don't like West Coast. It's pretty simple. I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> I don't like West Coast. <laughs> Why don't you like West Coast, brother? Don't want to talk about it, man. I'd really like to not talk about it. <laughs> uh, Broke my heart. Yeah, he what in front of me? Nah, there's, there's no way I can um, kind of start with Yo. It's one of those things where I hate... Um, Kind of when you're able to select someone as a defender and a forward for so many years, and then all of a sudden they're only available um, as a uh, what is it as a midfielder, and then I just I just kind of hate that, and I just want to get picked like a pure midfielder. What um, about players? Yeah, was it was it 22? Yeah, you're right. It was round 22. So he missed the three finals. So that means he'll be missing the first five games of the year. Wow. What about uh, those players that were midfielders only bumps for so many years, and then they become midfield forwards? How does that make you feel? Probably still, you probably still select them in the midfield, yeah. but you got the option to put them in the line. Okay, midfield. Just right to make sure. <laughs> uh, Dustin Martin. Let's talk about a couple of these almost underpriced players in quotation mark. Um, Dustin Martin. Terrible year last. No, look, sorry, incorrect statement. That was factually incorrect. It wasn't a terrible year last year. Terrible year in Supercoach terms. Spent a lot of time going up forward when Richmond were absolutely smashing teams. Um, I think that's going to happen again. Even though they did go and get Lynch, I think that they'll kind of 
not wrap up Dustin Martin, but those games where they're six, seven goals up, you know, coming to last quarter, he'll probably go sit in a pocket next to Lynch. Mate, could make him absolutely explode. 563k, Bonds, where do you stand on the Martin train? He's averaged over 110 once in his career. And that was the that was the year where Brett of the Smartass, you know, said he was going to be good, and he actually was, where he went 119. <laughs> And that was one against my, something again. Yeah, yeah, you actually were. I always give you credit when it's due. It's just I you don't appreciate get credit that. It's not very good at what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> um, now, this this contradicts the whole. I hate picking players when they're only available as a midfielder and that sort of thing. Because I think Dusty, that was a first year. He was a mid only player. Yeah. Um, surprised actually that we unable to pick him in the forward line. Um, given how much forward line he actually plays, and we've been given Dangerfield. I find that a little bit bizarre. I did remember but, seeing a stat. That I think it was like he missed out on like being a, a forward only like by like I think it was like point two percent or or two percent or something of time spent up forward. That's insane. Yeah. Um, but I mean, look, people are going to look at that and they're going to think about what he was two years ago, and people are going to pay that price for him if they feel like he can get to where he was two years ago. If he just is going to average what he's averaged for the every other year of his career, then that price tag is certainly not worth the money. It's only worth the money if he can do what he'd done two seasons ago. And do I think he can replicate that? No, I don't. They play so much team football, Richmond. And Dusty's Dusty has bought in to this team football approach. There is no, there is no selfishness when it comes to Dusty. There's no, I've got to do everything to be the best out there. I've got to carry my team over the line because they play team football. I mean, Dusty delivering lace out from 900 metres to Tom Lynch is probably going to have a great benefit on his supercoach scoring. Um, mm. But yeah, I tend to agree. I'm, there's a lot of people out in the community that are really, really sold on Dustin Martin. And, and right now, I'd probably prefer to wait and see, eat humble pie, and then pay an extra 100k for him. Brother? I like Dusty. I think he's going to be top eight. Um I think there's a good chance I maybe start with Dusty. Don't have him right now, but um, I really do like Dusty just because he is such an explosive player and can be that guy who scores like 60, 70 points in five minutes and just take over games. And he is pretty consistent considering um, the sort of rap he gets as an, an impact player, I guess, like a high-end impact player. I really like Dusty. Not completely sold on him, but yeah, really like Dusty. I think 115 is probably where I'd have him. Yeah. Look, what? How many? How many possessions do you think he averages next year, Brad? Probably mid 20s. And how many goals do you reckon he kicks for the year or per game? Oh, I don't know, man. That's a big number to put on a like a few. Yeah, a few. So look, the the thing with Dusty is last year he averaged 26 touches and he kicked 30 goals on the year, which is a bit more than a goal a game. I don't see those numbers increasing hugely. But it's the Jake Lloyd thing. Jake Lloyd didn't average like a lot better. It was just a little bit, and he was the number one defender. Like small changes do big things. Yeah, if Dusty does a little think, bit more, the, the, I think the counter argument to that is if I had Dusty down back or up forward, I'd be definitely. Oh yeah, that's in. completely different. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot better midfield options there. But what was the difference between Jake Lloyd's numbers year to year? Like relevant of position, he averaged like 91 the year before, and then averaged like 110 last year or something. Probably meters gained, but probably the fact that meters gained. That's it. Just a few little things different. Hit and beat, not yeah. really big enough numbers hit, difference. Hit and people lace out, which we all know Dusty can't kick. So yeah, I, I think the difference is though <laughs> that the the ups. I think 
Dusty. If you say Jake Lloyd's upside is bigger than Dusty's, I'll like flip my shit. <laughs> I feel like saying that right now too. Oh, you make me sick. I don't think that'd be a little bit too controversial. Um, no, but I, I just think I don't know. I think Dusty, whilst he wasn't kind of like at that absolute dynamic best kind of the year before, which was just never seen before. I don't know. I felt he, his year stats wise was not bad. I just. I don't know. Look, whether there was a change, and I'm going to look at this. I'm going to I'm going to say this, and, and I may even regret it. Maybe there was a change in champion data's love for him. Maybe the bias wasn't a factor anymore last year, or something like that. But something had changed. Um, but his stats did, didn't necessarily change, and that's what yeah. I don't have. That that's what I'm nervous about. That if his stats don't change again, his his output's going to be the same, and you're going to be left pretty disappointed. Like, his average last year was 103. I don't think... I can't... I could probably see him kicking more goals. I don't think he's... He kicked 30 last year, though. Yeah, I could see him kicking more... And with Tom Lynch and Jack Rewald. I could see him kicking around 30. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I can't see his... I don't don't think his possession numbers are going to go up. Yeah. That's the thing. I can't see him kicking 40, and I can't see his possession kind of things going up. Like you said, Richmond play a lot of team football. Cochin had a phenomenal year last year, and he probably averaged... I don't even know what he averaged, but I'd struggle to believe he averaged more than 95 on the There's year. a lot of players that can run through that midfield too. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it was it was just a it, it is a super team effort. Um and he kind of plays his role. I just I'm not sold on it. Uh Matt Crouch Bumps had a huge year not last year, the season before. Bretta said that he would never go into a season without starting him. He did. Oh, I'm not uh, even gonna fight. <laughs> <laughs> And he's about to go two years in a row with that start. Average of 101.6. Only played the 18 games. Um, what's your thoughts on Matt Crouch this season? Yeah, see, the thing, and kind of similar to Dusty, I think what we saw from Matt Crouch was really good possession numbers. I mean, how many times did we see him amass 37, 38, 40 touches and barely scrape over that 100-point um, barrier? That's my concern. My concern is that Matt Crouch will draw what Matt Crouch does. He'll accumulate a hell of a lot of ball. He'll get a lot of handballs. He'll do that kind of thing. Look, for a bloke that averaged 32 possessions a game, you only average 101. I find that, I don't know, there's something in that. Look, whether it's it's obviously got to do with metres, games, marks, tackles, goals, all that sort of thing. That's all going to come into, a fa- uh, come into account. But if he's just going to do, kind of rack up those 32 again, then I can't justify kind of starting the season with him. I'm happy to kind of pick him up at some point later in the year. Um, if I just kind of need that consistent 100-odd point score. But his ceiling as well is what I'm concerned about, like a top score of 131. He only had three score, four, sorry, four scores above 120 last year. For me, that's that's not enough um, to justify starting someone in, in your midfield. Is he just one of those ones that just doesn't kick the footy enough or can't kick straight enough? That Yeah, I mean, I mean obviously. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Bretter? Yeah, um, I think the him? problem is he... No, nah, Bonfer? Is this me or Bonfer? You. Me? No, nah, not at all. Why not? Because he does no damage with the ball and Bryce Gibbs went there. So that's the whole reason I didn't pick him last year. And I don't know how much he can... He, I don't think he's top eight. That's pretty simple. So I'm not going to pick him. And I don't think the value... It's not like he's got crazy value where he's 400k or anything like that. Mm. Underpriced or overpriced to start the season? Right. Correctly priced, yeah. But, yeah. Yep. I think he. Off- I think I've got him a little bit higher wraps than both of you. I think he offers some great value. Um, if he was a Melbourne-based player, I think there'd be a lot more people all about him. 
Um, the next man, Zaki Merritt. Oh, yeah, I prefer that. Oh, Here we go. Okay, can I Here talk to the man? Jesus Christ, <laughs> you always keep your Oh, my God. Um, he was the first person I wrote my article on last week. Was extremely surprised with some stats I've seen. You know, first half of the season, average of 89. Second half of the season, over an average of over 110. Zach Merritt is one that I think is extremely underpriced. We'll play 22. Dylan Shield going there, I think, will give him a huge uptick in numbers. I think Zach Merritt will definitely be top eight next year. Or this year, I should say. Um, Brett, uh, well, we'll start with you, Brett, because I know Bonst is going to talk for about 75 minutes on this subject, so you can have 30 seconds. Sounds good. I won't take too long then. But, um, you know, I'm, I've never been one advocating too highly for Zach Merritt. I think he's fantastic. A few issues here and there, but I don't think we're ever going to get him at better value than what he is now. I expect him to average over 110. Um, Shield's going to help. He's, again, getting into that age where his uh, body's becoming AFL, you know, prime. And I think just good average, good price. And I think M4, M5, Zach Merritt, I don't think there's a better option than him. What do you think is going to average come season end? Uh, I'd say probably 114, 113, 114. Yeah, I'm expecting probably 112 to 115. Um, just before you go on, Bons, I know you're hanging. I can feel it. It's on the tip of your tongue. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be back in 10. Just give me 10. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember round one last year when you ran in right before? Oh, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was coming. I knew it was coming. Do um, I remember it? What are you talking about? I'll tell you what, I nearly <sighs> myself through alcohol poisoning to try and forget that incident. I'll tell you what. Um, oh, that was horrible. In quarter one, I thought, I'll tell you what, 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 what I just thought, no, I'm going to do Zach Merritt. So I made the trade and we had, an, we had an elite night out. We thought, watch, you know, one of the first games of the year together. And I thought, yeah, nup, stuff it. I'll bring him in. I had Shano was with us and I know Shano was a big fan. So I thought, no, nah, nah, I'll do it. And, um, and then he got knocked out in the first quarter. And <laughs> that was that was the beginning of the end for me. Um, he went on and it was just shit. His, his first half of the year, maybe his first eight, nine, ten games, whatever it was, it was just shit. But you know what? I stuck with him. And did he finish like an absolute boss? I, I think he finished something like 11 out of his last 12 games were tons or something like that. Now, you know, with Zach Merritt, he does not get those 150, 160, 170 type scores. But what he'll churn out is consistent scores, kind of between 110 and 120. But he's kind of top end of scoring is around 130. But I love the pure consistency, especially when you're going into a head-to-head every week, right? Think about it. You're going head-to-head every week. Essendon's got the last game of the week. You need 104 points to knock off your opponent. And, you know, you kind of got a, you got Zach Merritt as a midfield unique. You're happy with that. You're happy with that because you know at some point in the last quarter, he's just going to, you know, tick over his 30, 30 second touch, something like that, and uh, kind of get the job done. Huge yeah. fan. Yeah. Absolute huge fan. 544, I'll tell you what, Tom Mitchell breaking his leg was shocking you. Absolutely devastating news. But it's done two things for me. It's made me bring in Jake Lloyd, and it's and it's made me get Tom Mitchell as well. Um, so it's made okay. Me get, it's made me get Zach Merritt. So I'm absolutely <laughs> over the moon at the moment because Zach Merritt is back in my team. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't think he'll move anywhere, but I'll tell you what: if he goes out in there and tries to burn me again, then this bloke better watch his back because he'll have something coming for him. Um, yeah, I've got him in my team. 
I had him even before the Mitchell news broke. Um, before we get on to some mid prices, Ollie Wines, Angus Brayshaw, JPK, and Dane Zorko. Give me a one, two, three, four if you'd have. Oh, that's an ugly four. Yeah. So, Wines, Angus Brayshaw, JPK, Dane Zorko. Bombs? JPK, Zorko. Okay. Um, Wines, Zorko, Brayshaw, JPK. Oh. Okay. Brother? I got JPK one. Yep. Zorko two. Uh, and then you can split. Oh, it's the split. I'll just go Wines, Brayshaw. And I'm Wines, JPK, Brayshaw, Zorko. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Some ugly numbers. But look, they're both, they're all priced sub 530. So I thought for a bit of fun that we'd just throw that up. Um, this podcast has gone on for a little bit already. But we'll talk about a couple of the mid prices that we've got floating around. Um, who are some of the more popular ones? What? Miles. Um, Libar, Hanabry, yeah. anyone else that's kind of up there that I'm missing? Nah. That's kind of mid-onlys. No, nah, not, not particularly. Nah. Just before we talk about them, what about Tom Rockliffe, Bonfire? Any chance? No, no chance. There's no chance. You know, you know what? I, I actually, I'm pissed off you mentioned his name because I had, I had a tactic this preseason. It was to forget about him, to never think about him again. <laughs> And now Who? the fact that you mentioned his name, he may be in my team by the end of the night. Honestly, why? Why did you do that? Always good. Um, anyway, Miles, any of you giving him any thoughts? He's always performed well when he's been out on the field, gets his turn at Gold Coast now. Could he be the cash cow, that stepping stone that you need, brother? Uh, I like him. I like him better than Hannibury, and I like him better than Libba. I can't remember the other ones you said, just because just when he plays... The guy, yeah, the guy gets points. Like he's averaged mid nineties before, hasn't he? Or at least a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Who are you talking about? Sorry, Anthony Miles. Sorry, Anthony Miles. Sorry, I missed it. Yeah, yeah. So like, we know he can get ball, and we know he's going to play. Gold Coast are rubbish, and he's pretty much going to be playing midfield minutes the entire time, averaging, I'd say ninety plus, and at three hundred thousand, like that's awesome to have for the first half of the season until you upgrade him. We'll rank them in order too. So after you speak about them, Hannah's, Miles, Libba, how do you rank them? Do you want me to speak about them yeah. then? Oh, so I'll just, just yeah. So I first. don't trust. Okay, so Miles one, Hannibal two, Libba three. I don't like Hannibal. Don't trust him until I see him do it at St Kilda because um, he's I don't know the oldest twenty-seven year old I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. And yeah, I won't talk too much about him. But and Libba's just a breaking down mess who. Yeah, we don't know what we're going to get. So I think those two are untouchable. I think Miles is a very nice option, clearly above those guys. That's my thoughts anyway. Bombs? Libba, Miles, Hannah's. If I'm starting one, it's Libra and Libba's sitting there at the moment. Um, probably more so got to do with the money. I think that 40K makes a fair bit of difference, to be to be honest. But, uh, I mean, I echo kind of everything that Brett said about Miles, but I think we have seen Libba just – and, I mean, look – um, we'll give you an insight into Bonds Bargain buys. Libba will be featuring in tomorrow's article, so or Wednesday's article if you listen to this a little bit later. Um, so you can read about how much I rate him and all that sort of crap in, in that article this week. Yep. And Hannah's, you just... Hannah's, there's just no way I'm going anywhere near that. That is a trap if I've seen... He's more of a trap than Tom Rockliffe this year, put it that way. Yeah, 
I'm um, I'm a Libba Miles Hanabry as well. I still rate Hanabry, but I rate Hanabry if he's out there and running and can actually get a little bit of momentum behind him. Over the last two years, we've just seen a AFL player out in that Swans unit whose body is was just shot, and that's because he was a wrecking ball for so many years. I'd love to see Dan Hanabry turn it around and. Um, get back out to full fitness. Miles kind of scares me because I think it's actually a, a huge unknown what Gold Coast are going to be and, you know, how they're going to set up. And we've seen how bad um, Stewie Chu treated Michael Barlow and we thought he was going to go over the Gold Coast and be that ball magnet that they needed in there too. So um, there's no fear when it comes to him in not giving players opportunity. And I'm huge on liver. I am so big on liver. We've seen it before. This is a man with a point to prove if I've ever seen anyone who's who's got to come back. He's, he's had two knees. All reports, he's tracking, he's tracking nicely. He's pretty confident in his own body. But, you know, we've seen this as a man who cuts half his hair and, yeah, has massive off Has a few darts. Too, yeah. so. And he has stints playing in the ruck in the Shanghai <laughs> League in the off-season. So, coming off a broken ACL. Uh, if we're hearing anything coming out of his mouth, and I don't know what we're taking take with a grain of salt. But um, I'm back in Libba. I think he'll be well. I think Libba's one of those... He's, he's so one-dimensional. He can only play in the midfield. I think he'll get that tag and get his own ball roll going back on, lay 10 tackles a game. I think Libba's going to average... Around probably the 90s, which I think will be a great stepping stone to upgrade him to one of the more premium midfielders later on. So I've got him. As far as I'm actually, is, sorry, you sorry, I'm actually no. really glad you said that because that's something I spoke about actually in the article was the fact that if he emulates his output over the last two years where he's gone 79 and 90 and say he cuts somewhere in between that 85, right? And we're not counting, obviously, the one game. I'm talking about 2017, 2016 here. Um, but if he cuts somewhere in the middle of that, you're paying 300000 for a bloke who is likely to average between 80 and 90, but who has the upside to potentially average 105. Yeah. I just think even on the worst case, look, worst case scenario is obviously he gets injured. Second worst case scenario is that he only averages your 80, and that's still an un- and that's still a value pick based on that. He's going to do a lot more damage than going down to a $200,000 rookie or a $120,000 rookie, something like that. Because at the end of the day, it's about points scored and, and all that sort of stuff. All it takes is one game of him to have 8 to 10 tackles and 24 possessions and pop 110 score before his price absolutely goes through the roof. And yeah. you're, you're trading him when he's at 5 to 550 to an absolute lock in that midfield. And, and the biggest upside is that he does a Canelio. I mean, and becomes one of those players that's just averaging really well. You can hold him for most of the year and then use him as a luxury upgrade at the end if you need. Um, and that's what happened, not last year, but the time, uh, previous time before that, before he was injured, and he went out and, and put 90 and was putting some good scores on the table for you. So I'm, I'm pretty big on Libby this year. I can't see how I'm not going to start him. Um, all right, but I've, I've got one mid-price for my team in the midfield. That's Libba. Bombs, you the same? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Bretta? One and it's Bombs. Okay, ah, oh, beautiful. Well, that's good. Um, Rookie-wise, boys, I don't want to get too much into it, but is there anyone that you're just saying is an absolute lock as a rookie this year? If you had to pick one, one Sam rookie, Walsh. Sam, yeah. you're, you're huge on Sam Walsh, aren't you? How come? Oh, it has to be. You know what? I wasn't that confident in it, but I'll tell you what, from the pictures I've seen, from the reports I've read, um, from you know the million bloody things that bloody the Carlton FC um, release... 
he is an absolute no-brainer, I think, to start this year. I think he's going to play tw- all 22, and he's going to play a, a significant amount of midfield time. They're going to throw him straight in. It's going to be a baptism of fire, but I, I think we're going to kind of see it at least a 70 average. I actually think we're going to see something good from him this year. And I, and I don't say that a lot about Carlton rookies, like, ever. But I think this is one that, uh, gee, I know, I know it's hefty to pay. And I'm looking at my midfield now, and I've spent a lot of money on it. I've gone five primos, Libba, and then Walsh. So I've only got one $100,000 player kind of sitting in there at the moment. But oh, I just think that there's – I just don't think you can't not do it. Breda? Anyone? I don't like really any of the midfield rookies. And again, like, what do you got, like, a set of field? A set of field going to play for Carlton? Is he healthy now that you've picked him up? He's a full blind player. Oh, it won't even matter. The, um, we got, like, Ben Orn, Patrick Joey Wilson. Clark, or a couple I like. Charlie Constable from Geelong, I think, will get a go. And there's this bloke, Valenti, from Fremantle, where there was a write-up about him uh, maybe a month or so back from uh, that where Fremantle the was struggling club to play really kids. Like him. And we can just pick I him. I didn't even realise Aldu is priced less than Sam Walsh. And he's priced less than what he started at last year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, this is crazy. Aldu, this is why I'm so scared with Sam Walsh, and it is the Aldu factor from last year. That's Luke Davies, Uniac. If anyone's yeah. wondering, um, I don't want to talk too much about rookies because we're gonna we're gonna get a bit. But there's, I mean, as we get close to the season, there's a lot that have had a second or third preseason that are kind of floating around that I don't mind. So um, definitely keep an eye on the JLT, and uh, yeah, you'll be, you'll be able to pick a couple up from there. Uh, anything else, boys? Anyone I miss that you want to talk about? Anything at all? Nah, we covered the basics. Oh, yeah, beautiful. Right, we'll be back next Tuesday, Elitist, um, for the Ruck Podcast, where I'm just going to spend three hours talking about Shane Mumford. So, uh, <laughs> There's only that. three Rucks worth considering, so it's going to be a short yeah, one. Shane Mumford, Grundy, and Bruce. Oh. Yeah, like Bruce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, uh, that'll be good. So, um, On behalf of Brett Bomps and myself, peace out community, and thanks for listening.